Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, how I desire to gather you as a mother hen will gather her chicks, but you were not willing. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as we. Very important. Now listen, the idea or the tense in the Greek is that Satan, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Satan has begged for you or Satan has asked permission. Then there's no sense or Greek tense that the devil was out there just eating up and spitting out Christians whenever he wants to. The devil is not like the boogeyman. Behind every tree and under every rock and out there in the dark and ooh. Oh, that's not the devil. Satan is real. I don't know what you think about Satan, but I would encourage you to think what the Bible has to say about the devil. And the Bible says that there is a real, anybody listening to me? That there is a real devil. There is a real Satan out there, and he is active in the world. All you got to do is turn on the TV. He is active in the world. Where are my people at? He is active in the world, and he's active in people's lives. And Satan never has a good day. Satan never says, boy, this is a great day. Satan never says, oh, have a good day. He never has a good day. Satan is not your friend. I had a guy ask me the other day at the gym. Listen, I had a guy ask me the other day at the gym, a Christian. He said to me, what do you think about the Illuminati? He asked me, what do I think about the Illuminati? I said, what do you mean what do I think about the Illuminati? I just want to know what you think about, you know, what the Bible says, you know, we got demons and demons and high rankings and principalities and all that stuff. I said, brother, let me help you understand something. You don't need to know everything about evil in order for you to minister to a person concerning, you know, walking with God and, and staying in the things of God. Some things Christians don't need to know. So you don't need to be involved with my people and anybody understand what I'm saying. You don't need to know about all these things. All you need to know is Satan is not your friend. Break it down. And the Bible says that he's come to rob and to kill and to destroy. You don't need to know about all these other dark things of uh, of the devil. Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Now listen close. I'm sure the sifting that Satan had in mind is different than the sifting God would 
actually allow him to do. Sifting, are you listening? Sifting is a process of separating. An ox dragging a wooden sled over the grain to crush it and to peel off the chaff was the process of sifting. The wooden sled was called the tribulum. Write it down. Tribulum. T-R-I-B-U-L-U-M. Tribulum. T-R-I-B-U-L-U-M. We have the word tribulation. And the purpose of the tribulum was to separate the chaff from the wheat. Now listen, perhaps you can get happy about this. Jesus is in charge of the tribulum. Satan doesn't have the right because we are blood-bought, blood-washed Christians of the Most High God. Is anybody excited about that? And Satan has no right over you. You know, Satan can't do anything to you that does not already filter through the hand of God. You ought to take comfort in that. He can't do anything to you that hasn't filtered through the hand of God. The only sifting that Satan can do in your lives is the sifting that God allows him to do. Satan can only sift by permission. I almost titled this sermon, Sifting by Permission. That's a free one for you, pastor, minister, person, you. Sifting by permission. We have the classic story, you know it. Story of Job. Satan is in the presence of God. And God says, Satan, where you been? And Satan said, going back and forth throughout the earth, going back and forth throughout the earth. That tells us something. That Satan can't be everywhere at one time. He's not omnipresent. He cannot be in your house and in my house at the same time. Satan can't be everywhere at once. Notice he said going back and forth throughout the earth. And then God said, have you considered or observed my servant Job? That word observed is a military term. It means to have scrutinized. In other words, have you watched Job? Have you scrutinized Job? Have you looked for weaknesses and failures in Job? And Satan said, let me have Adam and see what he's really made of. And God said, you can test him, but you can't touch his life. Or you can only sift so far. You can only sift so far. And then you know the story. Satan Burned down his house, his fields, his barns, destroyed his flocks, his herds, his kids, killed all the kids. And even after all that, Satan was only allowed to sift so far. Listen, any sifting going on in your life is there to produce something. Is there, listen to me, any sifting going on in your life is there to produce that which is real. God uses sifting to answer your prayer. Oh, you're praying, oh, Lord, I want to be a man of God. Lord, I want to be a woman of God. Lord, I want to be more holy. God, I want to be more like you. God, I want you to work in me. Well, God uses sifting. God uses trials. God uses tribulations to answer your prayer. Now, we don't like that. We're thinking, God, you know, I want to be more like you, but uh, you can hold off on the trials. 
God, can you figure out another way to make me more like you? You're God. You can figure these things out. But God uses the tribulum in your life to work off the chaff that the wheat might be seen. Are you getting me? He's using the tribulum to produce something that is real. And it's necessary that God remove the chaff from your life before God is going to use you. Can I tell you something? God cannot use unprepared vessels. And I cannot tell you how many people come and say, Pastor, you know, I'm ready to go out in ministry. And I know that they're not prepared. I know that they're not ready. And I'm telling you, listen, God cannot use unprepared vessels. He can't. God will prepare you before he sends you. That's true. That's true. So God has to work in you. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you. Aren't you glad that it doesn't stop right there? That would be a bummer. Say Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you, period. That would be a bummer, wouldn't it? But notice in verse 32, but I, but God, listen, no matter what you're going through, but God is praying for you. And notice the past tense, Peter, I have prayed for you. In other words, Peter, you haven't lost your mind yet. Peter, you haven't freaked out yet. Peter, the tribulum hasn't drug over you and destroyed you yet because I've prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. That Jesus prayed for Peter. Listen, Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith not fail and it didn't, but he did. He did? Yeah. Peter failed when he denied the Lord three times. Denial number one. Remember, a servant girl came to him and said, hey, weren't you with Jesus in Galilee? And Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. Denial number two. Another girl saw him and said, yeah, it was you. You were with Jesus. I remember that. And Peter denies this time with an oath. He starts to swear, cross my heart, hope to die. It wasn't me. I don't know the man. In denial number three, Peter began People began to come up and say, yeah, you were with Jesus. You're one of them. I can hear it in your speech, that Galilean accent. And the Bible tells us that Peter began to curse and swear. I mean, you heard the term curse like a sailor. Or fish. Peter was a fisherman. Can you imagine? I just get the impression, Peter, this big burly fisherman and this girl, this little girl comes up and she goes, you were with Jesus, mister. I know you were with Jesus. I can hear that Galilean accent. I remember you were with Jesus. And Peter starts cursing the girl out. Peter's like, razzum, tazzum, razzum, tazzum, razzum, That's Christian cursing. Razzum, tazzum, razzum, tazzum, razzum, tazzum. And he starts cursing the girl out. And, 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 and then, and then Peter began, then Peter said, if I know who he is, let me be damned forever or let me be anathema. And it was right at that time you heard. That's my best one I can do. You heard the, the, the rooster crow and he runs out in the night crying and he failed. Look at verse 33. God used Peter's denial to sift Peter 
of his self-confidence and self-sufficiency. Pre-sifted, listen, Peter says, Lord, I am the man. I am ready to go to with you to prison. I am ready to die with you. I am rocky, pre-sifted Peter. Pre-sifted Peter cut off folks' ear. They came to get Jesus, and Peter woke up and started swinging. Because he was a fisherman, not a swordsman. Peter woke up. You know, Peter. You know he wasn't a swordsman. You can put all the weight. Cut the guy's ear off. Pre-sifted Peter. Self-confident and self-sufficient. But after that denial situation, you see a post-sifted Peter. The post-sifted Peter is a man who is separated from his self-sufficiency and clings to Jesus and tells others about Jesus. The post-sifted Peter, Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people are saved. And post-sifted Peter tells them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The post-sifted Peter, Acts chapter 4, 5,000 people are saved. And Peter boldly tells them there is no salvation in any other name than the name of Jesus Christ. Where are my people at? There's no salvation. Post-sifted Peter wrote 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The post-sifted Peter said in 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Saints, I'm telling you that to tell you this. There is a stark difference between the pre-sifted Peter and the post-sifted Peter. After that denial of Jesus and the cock crew or the rooster crowed, which by the way, Peter uh, everyone knew about that. And church history tells us that Peter never lived down that situation. Church history tells us that when people would be standing around and people would, would, would Peter would walk by, that people, people are mean. People would see Peter walking by and they go, cold-blooded. But that situation God used to cause Peter not to rely on himself, but to rely on God. And the pre-sifted Peter is different than the post-sifted Peter. The pre-sifted Peter, according to Mark 14, 54, was following Jesus at a distance. And it's sad because I see that happen all the time. People who were once excited about the things of God and excited to hear the word of God, they start to follow Jesus at a distance. I see it all the time. I've watched it right here from the pulpit. You ought, to, you, ought to see, you ought to see it from where I stand. I see people come to church at Calvary Chapel, and they're all excited about the Lord. They'll tell me, oh, I found a church teaching the Bible. Oh, God's word is so great. I'm so excited about the Lord. I'm so excited about the things of God. And, and they're just hungry for the Lord. And you can see it in their eyes. They even sit up front. And, 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 and they're taking notes. And they're, it's almost like when I'm preaching, their neck is stretched out. And they're listening. And they're writing it down. And they're all excited about the things of God, following God closely. But then give it some time. 
I've watched it. They start to cool off. And then they start to sit in the middle. They move back a few rows. They start sitting in the middle. And th- those of you in the middle, stay where you are. Some of y'all are like, I'm oh. So then they cool off a little bit and they sit in the middle. And, and then, and then they're, they're still listening. They're still ga- gathering. They're still listening. But then they cool off a little bit more. And then they start sitting on the back row. And those of you on the back row, no need to move forward. But then they start sitting on the back row. I have watched it. And then they start to cool off even more. And before you know it, they're sitting out in the lobby, listening to the service on the screen, having a cup of coffee. They're cooling off. Listen, you don't want to cool off in your Christianity. You want to stay excited about the Lord. Lord, I want to be excited about you today as I was the day that I got saved. Where are my people at? The day that I gave my life to Christ. I want to be just that excited. I don't want to, you know, start off, you know, excited about the Lord and then cooling off and then cooling off and then cooling off. Listen, I, I, me personally, I don't even like the back row. Now, I know you guys sitting on the back row. Enjoy it. But I, I don't like the back row. I don't sit on the back row for several reasons. Number one, it's distracting for me. I love to come. I come into worship. I sit, me and Ms. Elvira sit for four services for worship. Now listen, worship is wonderful here at Calvary Chapel. Y'all can say better amen than that. Worship is wonderful. But let me tell you something. I don't need to hear it four times. Then y'all need it. But I don't, I don't need to hear it four times. I don't need to hear it four times, but I come to worship for four times every service and sit up front because one, I think it's important for you to see that the pastor and his wife, they need to be in worship and they are worshipers. That's why I come every service and sit up front. That's important message to communicate. I don't sit in the back because in the back is distracting. I could be standing in the back worshiping God. It has happened. As a matter of fact, it, it, it happened last week. I just happened to stand back there for a few moments. And I, they're singing and worshiping. And, 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 and I start stop raising my hand. I'm singing. I'm crying. Snot coming out of my head. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody comes by. And they go, hey, you doing Pastor Rodney? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm working here, people. What are you? I mean, I'm so, oh, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Pastor Rodney. Hey, Pastor Rodney. How you doing? So I just, honestly, I just don't sit back there. Another reason I don't sit back there because I, I can look, I'm looking forward and, and seeing, I will never forget this. One time I was sitting on the back row and there was a couple sitting right in front of me and she's rubbing the husband's neck and shoulders and head. And I'm looking at this going, you know what? Listen, when you come, listen. When you come to church, listen, perhaps one person will agree with me. When you come to church, this is God's time. It is time for you. I want y'all to clap better than that. I I want you to. It is time for you to focus on God. Don't be focusing on your husband. Elvira, no. I told her. She want to stop and say something and all that. I'm like, say it quick. What you got to say? Don't make a sentence. 
Because I'm, I'm honestly here. I want to <laughs> be, I want to be, I want to focus on the Lord. I don't ever want to be at a distance from the Lord. When I'm in the house of the Lord, this is God's time. It ain't time to rub my wife's back. It ain't time to rub the, rub the head. She was rubbing, uh, that woman was rubbing that man. Hallelujah. She was rubbing him and, she, and he's like, And she's rubbing and carrying on. I'm looking at them going, go home. Why are you doing this? Listen, couples, husbands, wives, listen. When you come to church, keep your hands to yourself. It's distracting. Rubbing all over each other and stuff like that's not appropriate. This is the house of the Lord. When you come here, you come to hear from God. You mean an hour and a half? You can't keep your hands to yourself? You OCD. Something wrong. You are too tactile. Something's wrong. Tact what? Tactile means touching. You, you don't need to be doing that. It's distracting. When you come in the house of the Lord, you come to hear from God and to receive from God. To listen to the sermon because you don't ever want. See, you know what? Satan will use anything. Listen, and I didn't share this in the other services. This is for somebody. Satan will use anything to keep you from hearing the word of God. Anything. Peter wasn't evil. Peter wasn't a bad guy. He was a great guy. But Jesus even said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because Satan was using Peter to distract Jesus from his purpose. And we have got to be mindful that Satan will use anything to keep you from getting a word from God. Listen, it only takes one word from God to your spirit to change your life just like that. Can I get a witness from somebody? One word. One word that will change your life. But you got to be listening. When you come in the house of the Lord, you got to be attentive to the things of the Lord, ready to hear from God. Neck stretched out, Lord, what do you want to say? God, I'm here and I'm listening. I'm not drifting. I'm not home doing something when I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm here. That's why I tell you to have a pen and a pad. I do that for a reason, so that you can write down what God says. It also helps you remain attentive and to listen. You might see something in the scripture or hear something from the Lord that that, that I didn't even say. Oh, that happens a lot. I'll get out on the, on the hall and, 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 and on the sidewalk and people come up and go, oh, Pastor Rodney, oh, the sermon was awesome. And oh, when you said this and when you said that and when you said this and oh, it just really touched my spirit when you said this. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, awesome. Oh, praise the Lord. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I didn't say that. I know I didn't say that. But that's what they heard. And where did they hear from? They heard it from the Spirit. God will speak. I may be saying one thing from the Scriptures, and God says something completely different to your spirit. At the same time, you receive what I'm saying. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, people here. 
We're talking about the ability of God. So we need to come ready to hear from the Lord, ready to follow the Lord and walk with the Lord close. I don't want to be far too far behind and I don't want to be too far ahead. I want to be right here in step with the Lord. Anybody agree with that? You want to be right in step with the Lord. And what will happen is if you don't continue to come to church and get a word from the Lord, you know what will happen? You'll find yourself backslidden. You'll find yourself away from the Lord and wonder, how did you get there? Well, that's because enough Sunday's coming year after year and your mind is drifting and all you're doing is coming to church. You're not receiving from the Lord. You're not getting filled up. And what happens is you find yourself backslidden. And I like to tell people, you know, the, the most miserable person in the world is the one who is following Jesus afar off. The backslidden Christian, because he's caught in the middle. He has too much of a Lord to enjoy the world and sin. And he's got too much of sin to enjoy the Lord. So you're stuck. Follow the Lord close. If you haven't been start today. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293- 0923 or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org we would like to thank you for tuning in to salt and light and pray that you have been blessed until next time may you be salt and light